Major League Hoop Season 1 presents the Starting Five. Let's go! afternoon and good evening like it is right now oh look the moon's out um welcome to another episode of uh major league hoops the starting five uh this week uh, again doing it by myself uh look if anybody wants to hop on with me i'm doing this mostly uh between the hours of say 10 and maybe noon or like two o'clock on uh Mondays or Tuesdays, whatever works best. That's Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so if anybody ever wants to hop on, just let me know, and I'd love to have a guest. Um, this week, uh, pretty tight matchups for the most part. Uh, everything was either a three to five or a two to six. All right, so there were kind of things going across the board. No ties, which was kind of a surprise, um, especially how competitive every week has been since then. Uh, one blowout. We had Noel getting kind of like I think his first blowout. Uh, of the year, uh, which was uh, against uh, his first definitive win, as he said, in the league. Uh, and that was over Team Fleming, Team Richards versus Team Fleming. Fellas, please do me something. Like, give me a name. I don't care what it is. Just any name, please. Seeing the Team Richards, Team Fleming thing hurts my soul. Um, <laughs> love you guys. But uh, anyways, back on track. Uh, so... Why did it take late to get this out? Well, I was going to see if I could find a guest for this. I uh, wasn't able to. And then um, I, I do a lot of, I try to do a lot of numbers, like bring you information that you can't really, that you, looking at the ESPN page, you're not going to really get. Um, so I've been doing this every week, uh, which is the keeping track of uh, going through each matchup and I, and counting up all the games everybody played each uh like that had players who played so just because they were on a team that played a game that night i'm making sure that they played the actual minutes uh and that's why if you look at like a summary they'll show you like oh well he had chris duarte and he played three games last week but he only played 30 minutes on your team yeah that's because he only had him for one game so yeah it's a, it's very tedious uh then i go through on this spreadsheet and because there's 12 teams try and space it out and everything and then i run the calculations for uh, per game averages. And then after I run that, I try to sort through uh, who had like how the team, the teams who finished with like, I guess the best in that category all the way down to the teams that are worst. So I'm like squinting my eyes. I'm sure there's an easier way to do this, but I'm not good with sheets. Um, and uh, I got to just look and look at the decimals over and over again and trying to sort out, okay, who came in first in this category, who came in last, whatever the case may be. After I do all of that and get assigned the numbers, uh, I then do kind of like a team value thing uh, where it's like the lower the number, the better, uh, which is kind of like it's the average of where you place in all the categories. Uh, so are you competitive in all the categories? You're not competitive. Um, and again, this is a little misleading uh, because, I mean, think about it. If you are, if you have, you know, 
four categories that you're kind of a runaway in one category you're kind of met and then like the other ones you are terrible in you're probably going to finish with like a six something rating maybe uh or like maybe a five something and that's not necessarily indicative of you uh of you owning those categories uh, i noticed that also like kyle usually has teams like that every year and he's doing it again this year where like Kyle is first in blocks. Uh, he's first in three-pointers per game. He's also first in adjusted field goal percentage. Those are the usual categories for him. And he's even third in uh, three-pointers made. But when you go to the team power rankings or like the uh, – not the starting five, obviously. But uh, based off of the team value here, Kyle is actually fifth at 5.38 uh, average position finish. That doesn't mean that he's necessarily middle of the pack because he owns those categories when you go head-to-head, and he might just easily leapfrog if the other categories are remotely close. So just because you're finished, like, you know, you could go up against somebody else who has, like, uh, you know, has a higher average position, but the categories that he might be higher in, he might be more competitive in. So anyways, point is, is don't necessarily take these as Bible. This is just something weird and goofy that I did to try and see who kind of has the most well-rounded team. I know a lot of websites kind of use this type of method to be like, oh, well, they clearly got the best team, but that's not how it works in head-to-head. If you were doing Roto, yeah, that's how it works, but since we're doing head-to-head matchups, it's not exactly how it works because there's so many uh, so many ups and downs here that like could really be pitfalls for people in a head-to-head matchup, and especially with injuries and everything, which is why, although my team is terrible uh, and I suffered another brutal loss last week after potentially coming away with a tie, um, I'm optimistic because Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram are injured. Same thing with Malcolm Brogdon. So, you know... the I'm not sweating bricks yet, and like again, like I'm not trading Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Just not happening. Because the truth of the matter is, is that since I am a Celtics fan, at least I can get enjoyment out of having them on my team. If my team is terrible, then uh, <laughs> then having uh, none of them and my team is still terrible. Uh, so, and I think my team is better with them on it than them without it. Uh, so. Let's dive right in. Uh, so let's. I'm going to start at the number five position and kind of work my way up. Uh, and then I'm going to come back down and I'm going to talk about the six man. So, excuse me. Number five, uh, I clearly had Reese. Uh, Reese suffered a tough loss. I thought Reese was actually going to pull it out, but I, I think this kind of goes to show. Um, based off the power ranking thing that I was talking about or the, the, you know, team rankings. So Reese actually has the second highest score on there. He does. He has a 4.75. That is the highest average score. Reese is, uh, seventh in AFG, sixth in free throws, fourth in three pointers, first in rebounds, eighth in assists, third in steals, eighth in blocks and first in points. Now, granted, these are all based off of games played. This is not based off of minutes, which you could do a little bit easier. Uh, I did that last year, but, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that if you have, just because you have some guys who 
like a lot of guys, there are players out there who might play two or three minutes a game and kind of like they're like a handful of minutes a game and their stats are kind of inflated because, you know, they're not that per minute guy that they are for the 15 minutes. They might have a hot stretch and everything. So that's why I try and do games because it's a little bit more, I think, I think more well-rounded than just going down to the minutes. I think it's a, I think it kind of gives you a better average, uh, so to say, or so to speak, whatever. Um, saying and speaking is the same thing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so I had Reese. He suffered a tough loss to Steve, but I think this is more of a testament to how well, how good Steve is at streaming. Um, oh, I erased those. Oh, well. Um, I was going through last week and uh, kind of adding up how many games everybody played. Um, I don't have that because I deleted it because the spreadsheet was annoying me. Um, but I have how many games you played in total. And right now, da, 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 looks like Steve, uh, has played the most games and he is first in, uh, in the, in the whole league. So he's played 117. Whereas, uh, whereas Reese actually, I think was up there too last week. Uh, he had, a, he's played a total of 105 games. And now here's the tricky thing about Reese's team. Um, obviously you got a lot of promising guys on there. Miles Bridges still looks fantastic. Uh, Bam Adebayo, I, I don't know. Um, just because he's not getting the assist, I just don't think he's worth the same value that he used to carry. Uh, Tyler Hero, again, look, looking at this team top to bottom, it's probably the most well-rounded team in the league, if you were to ask me. Um, the only difficult thing when it comes to his team is there's really only, I don't know, maybe like two guys or maybe three that uh i could see him dropping and like using to stream and i think that's kind of cripple gonna i think that's gonna hurt reese's team in the long run if he's not able to cut ties with some of these guys um because obviously obviously you know damian lee he's not gonna stay on his team probably not nerland's <laughs> nerland's noel or jalen green um but with that being said uh he still has Jakob Podol, Michael Porter Jr., and uh, Dylan Brooks, Brooke Lopez, guys who, well, maybe not Dylan Brooks, but definitely Brooke Lopez, uh, guys who will probably stay on his roster. And I think he just added Brooke Lopez, too. Um, but, you know, these are guys who he could potentially just, like, kind of, once they get added, like, you're going to have to drop guys, and then you're going to ditch those streaming spots. So I think that's where it gets a little bit difficult for Reese, and I think it would be in his best interest to maybe sell two for one um, and trying to get, like, I don't know, like, if you could package up, like, Bam and, I don't know, Giddy and get, like, a get something better in terms of, like, a center slash power forward, I'd do it. Um because just over the fact that like you you want to have more space to wiggle around obviously you know you don't want to lose depth but when it's so tight like this it's very difficult to kind of find a guy to drop and then on top of that to you know just be able to move on to uh to be able to keep up with the counting stats um you know when you get a team like steve and that's kind of that's kind of the neat thing about steve's team but i'll talk about steve later uh, so yeah, Reese, I mean, solid, 
solid outing. Um, it's just going to be more along the lines of uh, how tough can he hang with these uh, with these newer with these other teams aside from his division because the Samurai division has been pretty pretty weak. Got to be honest. Uh, the just the activity, the games played, and everything. It's been very meh compared to the other divisions. So. We'll see how both uh, Reese and Steve do outside of uh, the Samurai Division. Now, moving on to uh, to the next one. Uh, moving on to number four. Number four, I had Ian. Uh, Ian had a big victory for himself over Pete. Uh, huge, 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 huge for the um, Centurion Division, right? Is that what I called it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, very big for Ian, and uh, very, very promising uh, for his team. Now, he did suffer a little bit of a setback that's more into this week. Uh, so, you know, depending on the power rankings, but you know what? This is Tuesday's power rankings, so we're going to take Monday into account. Yeah, so he's going to be out Colin Sexton for a while. Um, if we look at Ian, where does Ian stand in all of the uh, in all of the kind of category rankings, right, point-wise? So Ian right now is at number eight in terms of those like team value ratings that I had. He is number eight, uh, just below Pete, uh, sitting at seven point three eight average category finish on a per game basis. Uh, so if we go to Ian, Ian is you know right now Ian second in adjusted field goal percentage, eleventh in free throw, eleventh in three pointers. Uh, so. Definitely could use a shooter there, you know, second in rebounds, but then 11th in assist, 11th in steals, third in blocks, and eighth in points. So clearly there's a need for like a Steph Curry or somebody who can really shoot the ball very well um, because we all know Luka Doncic isn't necessarily that guy. Um, and I think that if Ian can find a way to make some of that happen because – you know, this, this is a very is a very gr- good team. I mean, I hyped them up at the beginning too. Uh, you know, between uh, the the addition of Montrez Harrell, who Ian, if you please look at my trade offer, <laughs> um, and uh, but yeah, the addition of Montrez Harrell, uh, having Giannis and Doncic to go at it. I'm sorry if I said Jokic before. Um, yeah, having Giannis and Doncic. Tobias Harris has been out. That's been a big. That's been a big hole. And uh, now you're losing Colin Sexton. Uh, Rudy Gobert has been phenomenal. Uh, and actually, like that would be that would be something I would look into doing. I would look into moving Rudy Gobert for like Bam Adebayo and like somebody else off of Reese's team. I don't think either of them will do it because everybody here is too stubborn to make a move. Uh, but that's what I would look into doing. Um, the uh, yeah, I, I, Ian has a very clear need for a sharpshooter, a sharpshooter with high usage, whether that's like Dame Lillard or uh, you know Steph Curry, someone of that nature. But it can't be just one guy; it needs to be quite a few. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where it's at for him. Uh, I don't know if uh, I I think he needs that if he's going to take the next step, and especially with I. He is playing Chris this week, and Chris is already, you know, up eight nothing. This things could get like really frustrating, and especially when you have those core guys of Luca and Giannis, you don't want to end up getting to a place like I got to last year, where you're like, oh well, 
you know, I got to compete and I got to, but now I got to deal one of these guys if I want to keep competing. No, like make a deal now, make some like small deal or something. Like, even if it's a small deal doing like something to just get somebody to take the load off the shoulders of, uh, of your, uh, of your big, of your, of your bigs and of like anybody who can shoot the ball well on your team. Cause Sexton going down and going to help, especially with, uh, Toby out. Hopefully Toby comes back sometime this week after the COVID protocol, but uh, yeah, so I got Ian at number four right there. Number three, number three might surprise some people. Um, number three, I actually have Paul. Uh, and the reason why I have Paul is first and foremost, uh, look, and I think Kyle is probably going to be mad because he's because he got let off on the uh, on the, the starting five. Well, like I said, we'll talk about the we'll talk about the six man thing going on in a second. Um, but I think that. I think Paul's team just continues to just very much impress me, even in defeat. Uh, if we go through those like kind of power ranking things that we have, uh, Paul is third in AFG, fourth in free throws, second in three pointers, ninth in rebounds, but third in assists, second in steals, seventh in blocks, but then fourth in points. Uh, he's also had played 103 total games, and that actually brings him to the highest total on the team power rankings, which is 4.25. So yeah, there is, uh, you know, you, y'all remember that Valanciunas trade that Paul made and everybody thought he was an idiot? Is he still an idiot? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just curious uh, because I think that Paul does have a very good team. Uh, I think that it's going to be very difficult to overcome the level of depth, but also the quality of depth, if that makes sense. Um, he's playing Pete this week, and it should be a close matchup. But, uh, you know, having Carmelo Anthony kind of – Paul give Paul credit where credit is due. Carmelo Anthony looks unreal. Uh, I don't – I don't know. I don't know what what led on to this. If the if it's the comfortability of playing in L.A. and also playing with LeBron um, and all those guys out there, uh, that he's really begun to blossom. But his defensive numbers are kind of off the charts. He also has had like career high. He had like career highs last year, at like uh, or like led the league or some bullshit in terms of uh, part of my French. But in terms of, like, what he could offer now with LeBron, potentially... I don't know if anybody heard the athletic report, uh, but LeBron could potentially be out four to eight weeks. Yikes. Um, that was some, like, uh, doctor, like, talking about... It was talking about the normal recovery time or something on the athletic. To be honest, I haven't read the report. Excuse me. But it was... Uh, it was uh, it was uh, Josh Lloyd talked about it on his podcast. And I remember hearing, I'm like, whoa, if that's going to be a thing. And then who knows what the hell the deal is with AD with his friggin' sprained thumb. Uh, it, the usage should still be there for Carmelo. I mean, he played 37 minutes last uh, 37 minutes last night. I mean, yeah, incredible move by Paul to uh, to get Carmelo. You know, to also have Lonzo, Jokic, Jeremy Grant, CJ McCollum. And then Big Daddy Val, uh, you know it's it's a pretty it's a pretty stacked team. Do I think Valanciunas is going to keep this up? No, but do I think that having him and Nikola Jokic terrifies the hell out of me? Absolutely. So yeah, 
I think that uh, I think that Paul is going to be one of those guys that it's just going to be a an all-out war, and uh, I think it's just going to continue to be that way. It was a tough loss last week to Chris, um, but I think that he he's really done a very good job, um, and I am curious to see what it leads to. Uh, going to number two here, uh, going to keep it in the gladiator division and that's going to be Chris, uh, Chris with the big W over Paul, uh, Chris, Chris is kind of surprising me in a couple ways so far this year. Like the, like I said, I, th- I still think the Jimmy Butler deal benefits both of them. Uh, and I think the Jimmy Butler deal is helping out with Chris's team. I do think, however, that there is going to be some sort of a, uh, you know, Cole Anthony, you want to talk about best pickups? Actually, that's one for the chat. Who was the better pickup? Uh, Paul adding Carmelo Anthony or Chris adding Cole Anthony? Which Anthony is more is uh, better, and which Anthony is more likely to uh, to keep it up? Cole Anthony looks phenomenal. Um, can't complain there. Uh, we'll see what happens when Fultz get back gets back. I don't think that's going to matter at all. The same thing with Isaac. Um, but yeah, Chris is going to need probably something big if LeBron is missing an extended period of time. Um, I don't know that he's going to maintain this, but for the time being, having Jimmy Butler, John Morant, you know, John Collins still doing his thing, and then uh, also having Nurkic seeming to take a corner. He had that giant rebound game the other day, and uh, now Cole Anthony. Um fantastic but i i'm curious if chris will try to sell cole anthony high instead of you know holding on to the bag like he kind of did with Nikhil alexander walker uh it it's to be seen but will barton another stellar pickup there uh and chris is going to continue to be active and i wouldn't be shocked if he made another trade by the end of this week and i will give him credit for coming out on top of the gladiator division which has been just a bloodbath and pretty much just been me repeatedly stabbed while the other ones try and like eke out victory so coming back to number one it's gonna be steve um steve is uh steve had a another win again he beat he beat reese and uh here's the thing with steve that i was about to say when i was talking about the matchup he had with reese I think the thing that makes Steve super dangerous is the fact that he didn't draft his own team. So so I would assume that, like, everybody is expendable. Like, we all have this kind of little attachment being like, yeah, I picked that guy. I believed in him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see him through. Steve, he didn't draft any of these guys, so, so all of them can go. He can just do whatever he wants, and it's just going to be constantly rotating door. Uh, he had, like... I think he had like 47 games started last week or something like that. It might have even been 50. Um, it couldn't have been 50, but well, maybe it was. Uh, yeah, he started the most games in the league. Chris started the second most games played so far, 117, 116. Um, I am technically tied with Chris with my sad little team uh, with 116. But, uh, yeah, Steve continues to – like. Like I was talking about those team power rankings, like he's he's at number nine. He's below Ian. He is just above me. Uh, he is at number nine in those average uh, gameplay value. But 
that's the thing is that it, Steve's team is entirely expendable. So, like, if, if he has an opportunity to get, like, 50 starts in a week against you, he might actually do it. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I and I, I've seen see, he has been active on the uh, on the trades kind of. Uh, at least in the offer, I, I know he sent me an offer that I just didn't like. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think Steve's going to be in it for a while. I don't think I wouldn't be surprised uh, if we go to the matchups, uh, if this might be his final week at number one. Um, he is playing. Who is Steve playing? Steve is playing Noel. So that should be kind of an interesting matchup. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm curious to see if he, he manages to keep the win streak going, but you know, till prohibition ends, make hay. Um, so yeah, that is, uh, that's kind of the ranking side of this week. Um, I think that, uh, <laughs> let's talk about this, this kind of, uh, six man situation. Um, before I went to bed on Sunday, uh, and stomaching my loss and all, uh, I kind of noticed that the league is really, it's really kind of like an eight man race. Now, technically it could be a nine man race, but, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second too. Um, right now it's an eight team race. It really is. Um, this, this whole six man position and everything like that, it is. I have Noel, Kyle, and Pete all tied there. Um, and I think that that's fair. And I think that it's kind of, if you look at the way the league is right now, um, it just makes sense. Uh, Kyle got a nice win over me. Uh, you know, I, d I think Kyle's team is kind of lethal in coming back, back around. Um, I think the difference between, uh, say... Kyle seems in years past and this one is the fact that uh well number one that you know knock on wood that everybody's healthy so far he's getting uh Drew Holiday back which is going to be a nice he's got Drew Holiday back I should say which should be a nice little bump but it's all going to depend on like DeAndre Ayton Jonathan Isaac and it's going to also depend a little bit on the rest of the league um because this isn't like years past where you kind of have like a certain owner who was very inactive, um, who should have been kicked a while ago, uh, staying in there, uh, who, you know, trades his keepers to his friend. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, Kyle's team is very nicely rounded, but I don't know that it's going to be able to withstand the same kind of beatings that, uh, that it's had in the past. Uh, especially with, you know, what's the deal with DeAndre Ayton? I don't know if you guys heard this report. Um, Josh, like, I'm sure Reese is because I think Reese listens to Josh Lloyd. Reese, if you're listening, I'm pretty sure you do listen to the Locked On podcast because he said something about ditching somebody or not believing in somebody. And the next thing I know, I saw an offer from you, and I was like, hmm, maybe. Anyways, um, uh, Duncan Robinson's got to come back around. Uh, the same thing can be said for uh, – you know, DeAndre Ayton and Jonathan Isaac. DeAndre Ayton, the thing that he was saying is apparently the owner called him, like, a lazy N-word uh, in terms of, like, why he wasn't going to re-up him. And uh, that is... Uh, he might not want to play for him ever again. So 
I Aiton might be I I I want no part of that. I would I mean keep him on your IR, but like I I don't know what the hell is going on there. He, he was poor to start the season, and I don't know if this is just going to continue. Uh, I hope the Suns get rid of Sarver. I think he's a piece of shit. Um, and I think that uh, I think that yeah, like I don't need I don't know how many more red flags you need. Um, Covington's been coming around, which is nice for him. But uh, the big story for him has been health and uh, Miles Turner. Oh, look, Miles Turner is actually really, really good. <laughs> I wonder who would have called that. Um, yeah, and so Kyle's team is going to be around to uh, to battle, and he's one of the eight teams. Let's talk about the other teams. Noel. Uh, when I did those kind of like number crunches and everything, Noel came in sixth. He came in uh, right after Kyle and uh, right ahead, Pete, right ahead of Pete. And uh, yeah, I think that the, the interesting thing with Noel is that his his team kind of has, I think. I think like the most kind of star power at the top um, because I think Durant coupled with Beal uh, now having Shea Gilgis and also having Chris Paul. Uh, there's a lot of reliability on here that I don't think a lot of other teams have, even Jared Allen, you know, and then to couple that with if he's able to stick around long enough, if Kawhi comes back, uh, depending on what he plays. Again, I'm not going to try and get into that whole injured guy thing, um, but that'd be kind of crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think Noel's team, if Noel continues to make ads and drops, and I, I encourage actually everybody to try and max out your ads every week because I think it's, I think it's important so that you can uh, feel comfortable about adding and dropping guys. Number one, not that I really care who you add or drop. I, I, I don't. Um, but uh, I think it's important to know who you can add and drop and wh how you feel about the flexibility of your roster. And number two, you're going to face teams like Steve's team, and then it's going to be like, oh, crap, I'm down by this many at this point in time. Uh, so, you know, something to, something to think about. Uh, I will say this, that I, I took a look. If I remember one thing from counting these games endlessly, guys, I can't tell you how, how exhausting that was. It was extremely <laughs> exhausting. Um, I had to, I would click on each matchup and then I'd click on the day, but I could only do one team at a time because I was trying to add one team at a time on my head. I wasn't writing things out at all. So I would have to go through each day of the matchup, count the guys that played, and then after I end on Sunday, I would go backwards and I'd count the other teams, guys that played, write that down. Um, and the one thing that I've noticed uh, with each team, at least from this past week, because I was trying to notice more trends while I was doing this, uh, is that usually, usually, uh teams have about 20 games started by Wednesday. Now, I don't know if that's going to necessarily be the case this week uh, because the schedule was kind of light last night. It's also light tonight. Uh, but it's something that I guess, I don't know, just keep in mind. And I think that that might be something to uh, keep in mind for everybody else in terms of staying active and everything. Um, 
I'm, I was very impressed that Steve was able to stream as many guys as he could or like uh, not necessarily. I don't think he maxed out his streams, but he had like, like I said, I think it was like 45 or 47 uh, games played last week. And I think that's just because he streams smart. I think he looks probably at who's playing how many games and then does it. And I would kind of take it from there. Uh, so, yeah, I think Noel's team is absolutely right in the thick of it. And then I think the final team that is right in the thick of it is my brother's team. Uh, I, I'm kind of continuously hot and cold with his team. Um, like I said, he finished seventh on here in terms of those like rankings that I did. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a tough loss last week to Ian, um, especially for his division. He's still 14 and 10. Uh, you know, Dame, if Dame can turn the corner, he gets more productive. Like, his team just needs to kind of get healthy. Uh, he's had, you know, D'Angelo Russell hasn't been playing. Now he looks like he's healthy. Russell Westbrook's been kind of hot and cold, but he's actually been pretty good. 6.7 on the play rater for the whole week. I Like, I'm tired of this rhetoric. Like, it says 21 in his position, but it's – I can't say it enough. I think it's absolutely insane that people think that Russell Westbrook is a, like, 20-ranked fantasy player. He's He's just not and or 20 ranked uh, uh, point guard because he ju he's simply not he, he brings a lot more to the table even than I kind of thought like going into going into the season and everything um, because right now like I said they have him ranked what like 21st or some bull crap but it's not yeah he's not even yeah he's 32nd among among point guards and i find that to be a complete and utter joke you know who's ahead of him Derek white so don't <laughs> don't i wouldn't think don't put so much stock into these things so you mean to tell me that you would rather have Derek white or russell westbrook or alex caruso is 27th oh man his value is so high he's better than russell westbrook no 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 russell westbrook is Better stats than Alex Caruso. That being said, that trade offer I still got was trash. Um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't put so much stock into uh, Westbrook being, you know, oh, well, he's just trash. No, he's got a crappy adjusted field goal percentage and a crappy free throw percentage. He doesn't really get you threes. That's kind of it. Everything else he gets for you, and he gets for you in, in loads. So, yeah, I mean, Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Kristaps, you know, hopefully he's turning the corner and it's not like he's dwelling in stuff because uh, I don't know what the hell is going on over there in Dallas. Uh, but Dame, Steph, uh, Seth Curry kind of getting this extended look and then hopefully getting Chris Middleton back. This is a, this is a pretty dangerous squad uh, when fully armed. So I, especially Mike Conley, kind of what a, what, a, what a little surprise there. What a little nugget. Uh, Mike Conley doing well for the Utah as, um, yeah. So I think that's kind of, uh, that's kind of it. I, I think, like I said, those top eight teams are the, in my opinion, the ones who are competing for a championship right now. That being said, um, there is one team, uh, again, who, who really has a, pretty decent shot and is literally out of those team power rankings uh number one is paul uh number two is reese number three is chris number four tied with number three chris so technically number three is 
Avery, Team Dorfman, or uh, Chef Curry with the pot. If he's more active on the waiver wire, then he could easily launch up these rankings. Uh, he is on a per-game basis right now. He is ninth in free throws. Let me zoom in a little bit. I had this zoomed out so I could see all of it. Um, yeah, he's ninth in free throws, but then he's first in – or ninth in adjusted field goal percentage, but first in free throws, fifth in threes, third in rebounds, sixth in assists, seventh in steals, fifth in blocks, and third in points on a per-game basis. So that could easily go up. Now, granted, the per-game basis is probably because a lot of the, the guys are the guys he's just using because he's only started 98 games, which is the second lowest. Uh, Justin actually has started the fewest games, and that is 96. Um, but Justin, on one hand, is down at like 8.75. Uh, the lowest anyone can uh, get on those uh, rankings. Or, sorry, no, 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 my bad. He's 8.38. He's the second lowest. Jimmy's actually the lowest. Uh, he's started 102 games. But, the uh, yeah, if the Avery hasn't uh, also hasn't done the same kind of uh, crazy stream like Justin hasn't, and if... Avery were to, then he could probably launch himself up pretty high. Um, so Chef Curry with the pot might might make some noise and might make it into a race. But right now, um, I think myself, Jimmy, and uh, Justin have a lot of work to do. Um, well, I don't think I do because I got I think my guys are injured. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I think there are I think there are a lot of trades that people need to think about making. Um, I think there are a lot of ad drops that people should be making. And like, if you are finding yourself behind the eight ball right now, uh, I think the best way to go about it is just make sure you're maxing out those stream slots each week, and like not just maxing it out. Like, if you have guys that you can get rid of, and like add guys who are just performing better or getting the minutes, then look and be like, oh wow, that guy's playing three games next week, maybe. Well, that guy's playing three three games on three days that I am I have like two guys starting. Maybe add and hold him, and then like drop other guys on the other days. But that would be my piece of, of advice for uh, for anybody who is off to a rough start. It is only week three. Uh, I don't think that I didn't add anybody to this league uh, that hasn't shown me that they're super competitive and willing to win. I've loved all of the trade offers that I've seen go all across the board. Um, I love especially the trade that I made with Noel, even though so far it hasn't proved beneficial because I haven't had Brandon Ingram. I think that uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander for Brandon Ingram is kind of like need for need, and uh, I was happy to get rid of a guard, but that's another thing I'd make mention of to everyone. Um, guards are bountiful this year um there are plenty of guards so if you were trying to equate um who's a good example oh, i got an example for you uh drew holiday name value everything uh he in my opinion is not of the same worth as say wendell carter jr he's just not I, I I would laugh at that trade uh, because of the shortage of 
you know, healthy bigs uh, of bigs in our league. Um, that's why even with DeAndre Ayton playing the kind of way he's been playing, I still think that you would... What would be a fair trade for DeAndre Ayton? I think... I don't know. I guess maybe... Jimmy Butler? Or not Jimmy Butler. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking of the guy who was traded for. I think CJ McCollum and maybe another piece. Um, just because even as good as CJ McCollum's been, getting those bigs and getting guys who... Actually, maybe because DeAndre Aiden's only eligible at center, he can go screw himself. But... Those guys who are eligible at center power forward are invaluable. I would hold on to them for dear life, or I would have a king's ransom if I were going to deal them. Uh, that would be my word of advice to everyone. I hope you all have a great week. Uh, keep the league competitive. I love it. Uh, I love to see it. It's been so competitive this year. I've been so happy with everything that I've seen, um, even though I know some people might be like, no, my team wasn't good. Oh, well, no, I actually, it's just, it is what it is. It's just the way the cookie's crumbling right now. Like, I'm a man who's, like, had so many failures. I drafted 50 guards, and I have no bigs. I have Christian Wood, the crucifix, who's apparently has beef now, maybe with the Rockets. I don't know. So, anyways, hope you all have a great week. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show, and I will catch you later. 